0: Marvel's First Family returns to the pod tonight with 2007's Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. It's podcasting time! Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much-maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. With the power cosmic eye, Captain Cash will assume hosting duties for this pod. Rounding out our terrific three is the Thunderous Wizard. Howdy, howdy. And hailing from places unknown to super science is the ever-loving blue-eyed Chumpzilla. (laughs)
1: Hey, folks. How's everybody doing?
0: As always, you can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Hops and Box Office Flops. Uh,
2: Thunder's Wizard, where can they find you? At writer T-L-K.
0: And as always, you can find me, Captain Cash, at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. You can find Chumpzilla riding the galaxy on a silver surfboard. A herald for a giant fart cloud that will kill us all.
1: <laughs> Which is frankly par for the course for 2020. Sorry, folks. That, that is entirely
0: somehow. true. Listen, if if by April Galactus shows up, that all just kind of that, that adds up. Tonight, we are drinking Ellicottville Brewing Company's Blueberry Maple Pancake Ale. Uh, Just like this movie, it is a big, sweet, campy hug uh, and cruises in at a fairly respectable 7%, uh,
2: though this film, perhaps
0: not respectable.
2: Anyway, beer on! Coincidentally, that's this movie's uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm just kidding, I think it's a little bit, it's higher than that, but... I don't know what it is. Not
1: not, not much. I think yeah, I think
2: Fantastic uh, Four with the four is the A that had a seven percent. Oh God, Ooh. Fan
1: forced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's rough. You know, I'm surprised to see, looking back, how much money the first one made. Um It's,
2: like 300 it's not million, a whole right?
1: lot, Yeah, it's not a whole lot better, but it made three hundred million on a hundred million dollar budget. So I guess that explains I mean, the
0: sequel. yeah, that, that would justify a sequel, wouldn't it? Yeah. Plus, I mean...
2: This one's better than the first one, but that's not saying I, a whole lot.
0: I agree that this one's better than the first one, but I also think that it's tr- trying to do too much, and, and we'll get into it, but I think yeah. we have a quick primer on the FF, so if you're not familiar with the Fantastic Four, assuming you know you had sex in high school, unlike the three of us, um, <laughs> we can give you just like a real quick rundown. Uh, because this movie is not going to help you out if you do not know who the Fantastic Four or Dr. Doom are. So, short version. The Fantastic Four are called Marvel's First Family. They're Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, The Thing, and The Human Torch. They got their powers from Cosmic Rays as part of Reed's Super Science. They're representative of the four classical elements, Earth, Wind, Fire, Water, and Heart. By your powers combined, I
2: wish I was in a better movie. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Fantastic and or. Captain Planet what? would have kicked that cloud's ass, that's all I'm saying.
0: I uh, captain. I would like to see the matchup of Captain Planet versus Galactus. I really feel like that's the movie we all need right now. I, I sort
1: of feel like Galactus uh, would just kind of consume him now, with his
0: world-eating
1: machine. Don, like, Cheadle's, thing. That
2: Don, way. Don Cheadle's Captain Planet with his uh, hip gyrations and destruction would just ruin this Galactus.
0: Yeah, Dick Laser Tree thing. Yeah, and well,
1: let's not skip over the fact that this movie, you know, is you know, subtitled uh, effectively uh, uh, in reference to his Herald, the Silver Surfer. So, in honor of that character, I am not imbibing the same beer as Captain Cash. I am paying the Silver Surfer tribute here and having a giant can of the Silver Bullet Coors Light because poor Norrin Rad, he gets done dirty in this movie.
2: I will say that this version of the Silver Surfer is essentially equatable to Coors Light. That's, he's the watered-down version of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I think the uh, visuals are good and interesting. Yeah, I mean, it,
2: it
0: looks like good. It it's a completely CGI character circa 2007. He's I good. mean, the only other believable one was Gollum. Around that yeah.
2: time. He's good. The uh, dance club scene is an abomination. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. okay. Hold on. That's
1: Cor- Corman bad. That scene is Corman bad. Yeah. It would've fit right, right, right into right. the on, Corman. On, we gotta
0: let's finish yeah. up the quick primer we'll, on the Fantastic Four.
1: We'll get there. We'll get there.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. We together. <laughs> uh Listen, I am a huge apologist for, for the Fantastic Four in general and this movie in specific, and some of it is really indefensible. Uh, the Fantastic Four uh, are comprised of Mr. Fantastic. Reed Richards is stretchy. He's married to the Invisible Woman, Sue Storm, mm-hmm. who can turn invisible and project force fields. The Thing is Reed Richards' college roommate, his rocky, he's got rocky exterior and he's got super strength. That leaves the Human Torch, Johnny Storm, Sue's little brother who can transform his body into fire and fly as... Fire does. They go on super science adventures and run into some of the more iconic parts of the the cosmic ends of the Marvel Universe and their main nemesis is Doctor Doom, who is the best superhero villain ever. Uh, If you don't know about the Fantastic Four, that's all you really need to know about the Fantastic Four to watch this movie, but you do have to have at least that base level knowledge, which it's a sequel, so I guess that's fine. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, Well... Let's put it like this, right? This movie fell into a weird part of the comic book movie era where Fox was cranking out some less-than-stellar films while the MCU was hadn't ta- even taken off yet. Still a year away. So this is really probably yes. a forgotten movie, and so is the 2005 one. And since the MCU hasn't done their Fantastic Four, it's a safe bet that most fans of just comic book movies don't know who these characters are. And have never seen these two movies because they're not well liked or well remembered.
1: Yeah. I, I I will say this: a lot of people like to call Iron Man a B level uh, superhero, and they were shocked. Like, hey, look what the MCU did! They started off with this, you know, nerd known character in Iron Man, and made this franchise out of it. And RDJ knocks it out of the park. I, I don't necessarily share that belief. I think Iron Man was right up there with your Captain Americas, with your Spider-Mans, to the comic crowd. There mm-hmm. wasn't a huge distinction. He was one of the Avengers. He, he had his own cartoon. Of the founding
0: Avengers. Yeah.
1: He, was, he
2: was in he the had video his games. Own cur- you know, he was always he had, yeah, a Capcom. selectable character.
1: Yeah, even in the, uh, the arcade beat-em-ups. Um, he had toys. He had animated series. He was one of the characters that was just as popular as the rest. In that regard, I would say the Fantastic Four falls in that category as well. Not necessarily the video game side of things, but they had animated shows, and they are considered to be Marvel's first family. A lot of the characters we know and a lot of the villains that we know came through their uh, uh, their comics. Black Panther yeah, I- made his debut in a Fantastic Four comic. Yep, so I, I think they're even lesser known, and yet they were, able in this odd time for comic book movies, as you pointed out, Captain Cash, they were able to find a footing there and got two movies. Both were mostly decent, but yeah, it's a strange time because you think about it, this is a year before we get Iron Man. This is a year before the MCU really takes off and totally shifts the expectations for comic book movies. So A year think before The you... Dark Knight, too. Yeah.
2: Every Fox property... Basically, except for the X Men, just died on the vine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think though, you look back as a product of its time, these were serviceable movies, decent budget, decent actors. You know, not yeah, not yeah. huge names. Um, you know, obviously some folks did better than others coming out of these, but this was pretty. This is actually a pretty hefty investment in the characters, which is kind of surprising because yeah, this was not a huge A list property. Yeah. Right. Um, But yeah, I don't think it really failed to find a general audience. Like, Whereas Iron Man obviously did. These movies did not. You had to be a pretty hardcore comic person. And I think to the point you're trying to make about the sequel here, yes, the whole Silver Surfer angle, you can just pick that up. That was introduced and novel for this movie. But a lot of the other stuff and the callbacks and the whole wedding angle and some of the friction with Doom, if you didn't see the first one, it's real tough to make sense of this movie. like you have to know what that's what that stuff was and meant because if you don't they don't bother with any exposition what this movie's barely an hour and a half long there's not a lot of time to fill you in
2: you'd be pretty hard pressed to believe that jessica alba and uh i don't know how to pronounce his name uh
0: ian Griffud. yeah um, we're going with ian Griffud. he's welsh they have they have less he runs like a Welshman.
2: chemistry than, <laughs> just to reference a recent movie we did, than Sandra Bullock and Jason Patrick. They do not seem like they are about to be married. Their scenes together are terrible.
1: Yes. And I'll also add that much like Speed 2, I found <laughs> both Jessica Alba and Sandra Bullock to be distractingly attractive at various points in the movie, whereas oh, their, their hotness just doesn't make sense in context of the plot. And I just kind of forget what I'm looking at. I'm like, good Lord, that is an attractive human female. What and you're wait, trying there- to
0: tell me is the marketing worked. Good. Yeah, job. Is,
1: there, is there a movie going on here? Cause I don't,
0: I feel fine. Anyway, we've already kind of said this, but this is obviously the sequel to 2005's Fantastic Four. Uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer came out June 15th of 2007. All the Fantastic Four's actors came back, so at least they maintained continuity that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. You got Jessica Alba as Sue Storm, who, I mean, at the time was undeniably the top bill. Yes,
2: for sure. Clearly. Yeah. Chickless had the shield, so he was kind of a big deal, but... That's true. yeah. She was what they were trying to use to get butts and seats. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: it, and it, according it, to Chumzilly, it was effective. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, Chicklus was a known entity at the time, but face it—he spends a lot of the movie under heavy prosthetic. Yeah, heavy, heavy prosthetic. Yeah. But he acts—he acts his ass off. Yep. I will say. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is, this is s- definitely. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Catch, catch uh, all this right. This is definitely a Jessica Alba vehicle in that regard. Yeah. Because. Nobody knew who that Mr. Fantastic guy was, and, and yeah. Chris Evans was the guy from Not
0: Another Teen Movie, right? Yes, that's right. So yeah, you've got Ian Griffith, who I think prior to this was he was in King Arthur as King Arthur. So I mean, he at least had a lead role. Um, at, so as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, as we said, Chickles is the thing, or Ben Grimm, and a young Chris Evans fills out his role, his first Marvel role, which man you. Do you, I remember when they cast him as Cap. They're like, wait, you got Human Torch's cap? That's nuts. Um, also returning from the last movie, Julian McMahon, the old Dr. Doom, doctor Niptuck Nip-Tuck Doom. Uh, but also his first Marvel movie because he later shows up as a, I guess, MCU role because he later shows up in The Runaways. You um, also have Kerry Washington coming back as Alicia Masters, the Thing's blind girlfriend. Uh, new to the cast are Doug Jones as the body and Lawrence Fishburne as the voice of the Silver surfer. Also, just kind of fun, if you're into Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Andre Brower uh, comes back as, like, general— Like, I'll give you—I'll give either of you $100 if you can tell me what that general's name is.
2: Uh, it's just shit. general
0: yeah. military it's just re- guy. I, I, I thought
1: it was General Dickhead. General— yeah, basically.
2: Uh general stereotypical military guy i forget his name but uh yeah no don't
0: general nuisance to the the heroes
1: <laughs> yes general nuisance general quarterback
0: yeah. <laughs> so bad but in any case uh this was made on a budget of 130 million uh it actually opened above its predecessor uh, the original Fantastic Four in 2005, but it saw a steep drop off of 66% in the second week, and then an mm. additional 55% in the third week. So ultimately, took home just south of 300 million at 298 million, or sorry, 289 million, which was 40 million less than the original Fantastic Four. So, yeah, technically not a flop because I mean it did make its money back, right? It almost Maybe. made it twice its money back. Uh, but just the disappointing returns were enough to kill the next movie that they were planning. And it also killed the Silver Surfer spinoff movie. So, ouch. Yeah, it still counts as a flop. It opened to mostly negative reviews. It's got a 36 on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it It's not a great movie. It's a flop.
1: No, and you kind of uh, skipped over something important there, too, Captain Cash. Uh, you referenced the physical performance of the Silver Surfer it was done by Doug Jones. Who you might remember, folks, if you don't know his name, you definitely know him as every CGI character not played by Andy Circus.
0: He's the American Doug Andy. Jones. Yeah. Also, also not necessarily CGI. Any creature, creature character that is actually really good. Yes. Like he's he's the Andy Circus of creature characters.
1: Yeah. He's the he's uh Abe Sapien, he's the Shape of Water, yeah. Abe Sapien's cousin, he's the, the guy with the the eyes in his hands from Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, he's, a, he's in the yeah, new Star Trek.
2: Frequent is Guillermo it's del Toro Sor- collaborator.
1: Collaborator.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's always
2: yeah. in those movies. And he,
0: I mean, they, he's a he's legit good actor, too. Yeah. Uh, they they finally let him be the voice of Abe Sapien in the second Hellboy movie and in the cartoons, He's good. It's kind of a bummer he doesn't get
2: more press. He was supposed to do the voice here. And they're like, you know what? We need a big name. Yes. Like 11th Hour decided to kind of screw him over. It's calling
0: Larry
1: Fishburne. He does the talking good. I feel like they kind of went cheap there, too. Because if you're going for Larry Fishburne, what you really wanted was James Earl Jones. I mean. And I I
0: feel like that's too Darth Vader. I I appreciate where you're coming from. But that's what
1: what did they, do? they wanted to get that low, gravelly, you yeah. know, I, I just, I kind of felt like if you're going to go with that, man, I turn it up to 11, but yeah, I, feel, I, I feel like that was unnecessary for the Silver Surfer, though. I had zero expectations for the voice actor there. I think they would have been better off with something more exotic.
0: I'll, I'll put it that way. Well, and I think Doug Jones does that quiet, understated thing well that could have worked really well for Silver yeah. Surfer. But, it's I mean, Fishburne. again, Fishburne turns in a perfectly good job. Like, it's I don't not, have any not, problem with him. No Knox, no Knox. But I think your point—the
1: Silver Surfer is a layered character, and I think they could have gotten something more interesting. I yeah, have a That's problem
2: clear. with hiring somebody when he only says like thirty words total. It was a waste.
1: Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, the dialogue it, it, it was crap. It wouldn't have
2: mattered who did the the role because he doesn't say enough. He doesn't really. There's not enough to the character at all.
1: I agree a hundred percent. My my uh, <clears throat> memories and thoughts and you know somewhat actual knowledge of the character of the silver surfer I mean, he is a little more complex more a little more layered than what you get in this movie so yeah larry fishburne is wasted on the bare bones bit of dialogue they give the character he's written very one-dimensionally in this script so i was talking about conceptually the character of the silver surfer is more complex and layered that's not the case for what we get in this movie and to your point you're correct mr wizard it is a waste of larry fishburne's voice acting talent
0: yeah nice so one sentence description how would you describe this movie thunderous wizard
2: uh so not so fantastical foray into the cosmic elements of marvel's first family thin on plot heavy on cheese and another utter failure to utilize dr doom in an at all sensical way
0: fair i mean that's definitely more than one sentence but we'll accept it uh Jumpzilla. Okay. The Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver
1: Surfer brings back the original cast and the original director to somehow still tell a story that's not quite as good as Incredibles and apparently reuses an unused script for a
0: Scooby-Doo movie.
2: <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> Listen, James Gunn wrote one of those Scooby-Doo movies. They're not that bad. Yeah. No, uh, I,
1: th- but but this plot is nonsensical. Like it seems like it could have been something written for a Scooby Doo movie. They said, "Hey, let's just put the Fantastic Four in it because we can't yeah, do any I mean, better than the Incredible." Like what uh, are we gonna do?
0: So is the Thing Fred, or is the thi- no? Because Mister Fantastic is very obviously Fred. Correct. Which means Invisible Woman is Daphne. Does that and, make
1: and, and Thelma? And, yeah, because she's also a dork. And then that makes uh, the Human Torch Shaggy, and the Thing is Scooby. Yes. I can see that. So, this is, I mean, and, and the whole thing is, oh, Victor turns out to be Victor in the end. You know, he's really the bad guy. Oh, it shocker. It was, the whole time. it was him the whole time. Yeah, they, this is it's really a bad... I will say this. The first one's cartoony. This one is also very cartoony. Uber cartoony. But I'm okay it's, with that. It, yeah, it's, it's totally they match. But I feel like this movie, it could have benefited from being a bit more serious. See, I... Uh, well, okay. It, it was well, it my... still was really slapsticky and goofy and it just it feels weird because they're trying to raise the stakes like the world might end and it doesn't quite balance, right? Yeah. It still feels uh, really goofy. But uh, it's it's fun. It's light. The whole movie's light. I will say that. It never yeah. gets overly dark. It's pretty light throughout
0: even with the stakes. But yeah, right. sorry. I'm derailing things uh, here. My one sentence. Enough plot for a fantastic 8. It's a campy romp, rife with pacing issues, which somehow feels over long at ninety one minutes, which is incredibly short, but still manages to honor the campy spirit of the 60s comic. It's silly, it's fun, you know it's uh, yeah, it's, it treads uh, a lot of water fun. to your
1: point, it treads a lot of water they, they
0: pad the runtime in this movie, like which is how because there are times when I'm like i'm I get bored watching this where I'm like, what are we doing? They really
1: think we care about that wedding. I think that's the biggest yeah. mistake this movie makes. They what? really think the audience cares about that wedding. A lot of time goes into it. Reed's kind of a dick in this movie. You know, Reed's even, kind of a dick in general. Right, which is, which is true to the comics and to the character, but in the context of the movie, it doesn't make a lot of sense because the defining character is he's the nice guy and the good guy, but in this movie, he's just kind of a... He's, he's lying to his wife, he's distracted, he's not paying attention, and yet they, he doesn't care about the wedding, yet they expect the audience to care about the wedding. Uh, that's that's tricky to balance.
0: Well, I think the challenge really comes in is there are parts in here where it just kind of – they let you breathe with the Fantastic Four, and here's the Fantastic Four in a situation that may or may not have anything to do with the plot of this film, and they just kind of want you to like enjoy the characters. And to be fair – I do like most of those scenes because they do get the characters really, really well in this movie. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this taking so long? They're
2: not building toward anything. Like, the first few no. minutes of the movie are just a waste. Like, the silver yeah. silver appears right at the beginning.
0: So with that, I guess let's get into it. The-
2: and, and they just gloss over it, you know? So you'll get into that right now, but...
0: Yeah. So with that, let's do a quick plot breakdown. I mean, we've mentioned it. The movie opens is Reed and Sue are preparing for their upcoming wedding. Silver object enters Earth's atmosphere. What could it possibly be? The goddamn movie is called Rise of the Silver Surfer. But it really wants to play it like it's a surprise for everybody, which, fine. Uh, this thing starts creating deep craters and locations all across the Earth. The government asks Reed Richards to help because he is the smartest man with the super science. Uh, and Reed agrees, but Johnny insists that they have a bachelor party because, I mean, to be fair, that's totally what Johnny would do. And, and like, fair, fair. Like, we get some of the dodgiest CGI in this movie <laughs> right up front. Like,
2: it it does not put its best foot forward here. Well, Reed does, but the movie doesn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. In this, in specific circumstance, you're referencing here, Captain Cash. Normally, I would say that they turned, you know, the, the the slapstick, the the cartoony humor up to eleven, but it goes beyond that. This is Corman levels of goofy on-screen representation of Mr. Fantastic's power set. Because let's yeah. be honest, his power set is not the easiest to translate the film. It's a Especially little goofy, not live right? It's goofy and it's it's one thing to see it in a comic where it's static and, oh, he's done something. But to have to fill in the gaps and animate it in reality, it's very cartoony, just in its essence. Yeah.
0: But they but get to use see it. see Ian Griffith stretch and wiggle and dance, and he, like, wraps one arm around one girl and one arm around another girl. And it just, like, I don't your brain rebels at the physics of it because a human body doesn't move like that. And he does that spin towards
1: the camera where he rises up from the dance floor like a corkscrew. It's yeah. just it's just it's just tough to watch. I mean and it doesn't it's not bad CGI. It just doesn't feel good. It's just like, ugh. You know it's bad.
2: You know you're in trouble with Reed right off the bat when he steals the woman's overhead space and it just looks like Oh yes, like, on yeah. a plane, on the plane. It's like I don't even want to see any more of this. He's got nowhere to it's weird. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, that's not... Captain America doesn't do that. I was going to point that out. Captain America no. does not steal um,
0: somebody's
2: not overhead mention, bin. It's a briefcase, you jackass. To be fair. That can fit right under your seat. Why are you stealing an old... What was yeah, this 2007, face? They,
0: they weren't charging for bags yet.
1: Yeah, that's a face-punchable offense, in my opinion. Um,
0: <laughs> Honestly, the less said about the first, let's call it 15 minutes of this movie, the better. I'd say 40 uh, well, conveniently, though, the Silver Surfer crashes the wedding quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> causes yeah. mass destruction. They do a good job. The four actually protect the guests at the wedding, at least. So there's that. The Human Torch takes off after the Silver Object, which we're still not meant to understand is the Silver Surfer. Um, and Silver Surfer just straight up no cells human torch when they meet he grabs him by the throat and basically carries him up into the upper atmosphere where you know no oxygen so no fire yep
1: and this is pre-iron man and we get a very iron man-esque sequence where he's taken to altitude basically chokes him out right yeah drops him to earth tumbles through a desert to crash land. Like, wait a minute, hold on. Like, that's straight (laughs) up two components of the beginning and end of Iron Man. Like, wow, wow. Strangely similar in hindsight. I'm sure completely unrelated, obviously, but similar beats for sure.
0: People are in a weird place at the same time. Similar ideas are going to get kicked around Hollywood. I just, the Silver Surfer, in his first chance we meet him, he basically attempts to murder... Yeah, which, the Human Torch, which makes his actions. <laughs> but he leaves it to
1: gravity in the end. Make total. It's true. He's kind of like,
0: sense. well, you flew this far, so good luck. Yeah, if you yeah. make it, I guess. So he
2: basically, yeah. nearly kills the Human Torch, and then his character takes an entire one eighty, and never is that aggressive or hom- like homicidal again. Yeah.
1: Which is somewhat based on the comics. He always he does start off as a bad guy and comes yeah, around yeah. in the end. It's not explained very well in the movie. Again, uh, for a yeah. movie as short as this, they could have wasted less time at the club without exotic dancers and more time developing the character of the Silver Surfer, whose name is in the title, but we digress, Captain. Cat, only continue the plot for us. I think we've kind of derailed I'm... your your plot here. No, you?
0: no, I'm I'm going to, but I'm going to say the only exotic dancer in that whole scene was Mister Fantastic. Everybody else was just random people well, at a club.
2: He was certainly exotic.
0: <laughs> Indeed, and dancing. Yeah, that's true. That's basically what you need for an exotic dancer, technically. Both yeah. boxes are checked.
2: <laughs> I mean, he has a stripper name. He's Mister Fantastic. <laughs>
1: That, if that's not a male stripper name, I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the
0: thing. Giant-sized man thing. That's... <laughs> All yes. Right. All right. We're not going to... That's that stays. another Marvel that comic. That's Giant-sized man thing. They actually published that <laughs> more than anything else. That's my holy grail. I'm going to get a giant-sized man thing number one and hang it in my man cave. Anyway... Johnny falls to Earth, manages to save himself in time, meets up with the rest of the Fantastic Four, and we are treated to the mid-op superhero cliché of the character struggling to describe what he just saw and then blurt out the superhero name of that fucking thing. Roll He's like a silver surfer. Yeah. It's, uh, he's like some kind of Hulk. Roll credits. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, they said the name of the thing in the thing. Oh, good. Um, But we're also given the plot point when Sue tries to comfort Johnny, uh, she touches him, and in touching him, they switch powers. Uh, In other words, he becomes invisible, she gets set on fire, and when they touch again, it reverts. But not before we get Sue's clothes catching on fire, and we get the required, gratuitous Jessica Alba gets PG-13 naked in a mid-aughts movie. Uh name a Jessica Alba film from somewhere between two thousand to up to two thousand eleven. She will at least once be naked but not in an R rated way. We're talking blue crush here? We
2: she's were really a, easy marks crush. in mid aughts if you think of it. Into the blue. Into the blue. Damn it. Yeah.
1: I can't so wait a minute, which one's Blue Crush?
2: It's the fucking badass surfing movie with Cruel Summer as its theme song.
1: But who's the who was the female lead in that? Laura
2: Bosworth, aka Lois Lane. Ah, uh,
1: uh, uh, not. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, not Jessica Alba, she Laura was in Blue Crush and Into the Blue, Into the Blue. Michelle
2: Rodriguez.
0: Ooh, yeah. That's right. Michelle Rodriguez. That was her first big movie. Yeah. Read Science explains at the camera to say oh, Johnny's exposure to the Silver Surfer has made his molecular structure in, in flux and unstable. So whenever he touches other people, he'll switch powers within the Fantastic Four, uh, which means we get Johnny and the Thing touching and Michael Chiklis gets his, like, hey, I didn't have to sit in the fucking makeup chair for the last six hours. I can show up as me on camera. Uh, you know that was in his contract. He had X amount yeah, of screen time, once. yeah. I, I gotta get my actual face on screen for like, eh. so. But I mean, hey, look, if that if you got that into your contract, there, Mike, good for you, buddy. Doesn't get to um, throw but, a punch,
2: but he gets back.
0: to be human. <laughs> yeah, like his whole character is built around the pathos of "I'm not human, I'm a monster." But he gets a brief reprieve, and all he can think is to to do with it is to make jokes about Johnny. And I'm like, that's I mean, that's fine-ish, I guess. Okay um but reed figures out that the next crater that the silver surfer is going to create is going to be in london we go to london we get like a it's not a fight with the silver surfer it's more of a saving everybody from the crater he creates it's a thing with the london eye and that's kind of it
2: yeah it was done done better in gi joe the rise of cobra
0: yeah i mean look if you attack london you're going to attack one of three things big ben the Old Bailey or the Eye, and uh, they attack the Eye. the yeah. Bridge? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair.
2: Throw it in there. I'm just
0: saying. Yeah. Honestly, there are probably about four monuments, five monuments that you could name. But either way, we get one of them
2: The Palace. Or no, it's the second G.I. Joe. I'm sorry. But either way, those movies suck. So if it was done better than those, not good. Yeah, it's
1: not I mean it's not great. Wait, 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 was it the one with Cobra Lot in it? Cuz that was one of my favorite.
2: <laughs> I wish. No. Uh here's the thing yeah. uh, that's so, curious about this movie. It was directed by Tim Story. Who, if you're not familiar with him, he did like Barber and
1: Taxi. Taxi. Uh he, he got the First Fantastic 4 because they liked yeah. the early cuts of Taxi.
2: Yeah, which is but you know, the First Fantastic 4 the the action set pieces are are really not very good and in fact oh, no. they're, they're, they're very routine there's nothing interesting about them so no disrespect to him but it was weird that after that movie was pretty much a failure he was brought back in to do this one and aside from the silver surfer stuff the action in this movie is really bad too it's boring it's, there's no real sense of urgency it's not innovative in any interesting way and considering what was coming just See, a year you later you say
0: the first movie is a failure but 300 million on 100 million so maybe not that much yeah but it got, I don't think but it they got
1: terrible be nearly reviews. as much marketing at though
2: like you yes, don't bring a director it's... back when your movie gets 30% and people hate it you say okay well if we're going to do this right the next time what do we do
1: I will say this, Mr. Wizard, I agree with you that there's one thing that's clear to me from the first movie, is that not only does this director not understand Doctor Doom at all. At all. Just, just yeah. used a character because I've got a character to use. It, it works for the movie, but if you're a comic fan, you're like, that was a terrible adaptation of Doctor Doom, and, and the character was cruddy. But yeah, he doesn't seem to fundamentally understand what kind of movie he's working on. Because mm. the other thing, And I'll bring this up when we talk about another movie that shall be named later. But there is part of this that there's some slick production value stuff here that that reeks of music video directing, which is also a story's background. He did a lot of music videos, hip hop stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that's slick. It looks good. They hit their mark. There's it's tonally it's consistent. Like I said, the whole thing feels cartoony. But, yeah, I don't think he fully understands the characters and the the type of movie he's trying to make and the the action. He doesn't understand the action. You do do see that little bit of budget, the extra $30 million or so on the screen in this movie. I think you see it right off the bat with the the wedding and the helicopter crash. And there are some bigger action set pieces, but it's all very generic and none of it really stands out.
2: Yes, I think that's the challenge. There, there's no money shot they have that the surfer stuff is the only stuff that's at all interesting
1: yeah it, but even that's just kind of like it's just like a little sprinkled in there like he flies he morphs through a building oh, yeah. okay is that important to the plot no not really i mean yeah i guess he's unstable molecules or whatever but it's not you know it's very like post matrixy look what we can do with
0: cgi
1: and yeah no that's it really, fair.
0: It's not it's not super memorable we brought up dr doom and that's helpful because that's where this movie goes next Silver Surfer somehow flies over Latveria, which, for whatever reason, frees Doctor Doom, who's been trapped in a statue since the last movie. Why hasn't he died from starvation or dehydration? Uh, why has he not gone completely insane from being unable to move for the last two years? Don't ask these kinds of questions because the movie is not going to give you those answers. So, uh, the
2: dark arts, from what I dark understand, arts. being uh, turned into a bronze statue. And when you're reawakened, two things happen. You have an incredible amount of just for men in your hair. and <laughs> Grecian no, formula, please. please. I want that. And it heals any ailments you may have had. Uh, well,
0: no, no, no. Because remember, when he comes out, he's kind of scarred still. But
2: it all and... heals because of... Uh, of the Silver Surfer. which and, that, I, and that's another thing that doesn't
0: get answered. So I, he goes that, to yeah. find the Silver Surfer and tracks him down and attacks him. And the Silver Surfer immediately blasts him with something. That mm-hmm. Instead of, like, where he murdering took... Murdering him. Yeah, instead of immediately murdering him, it heals him. Yeah. And it's like, w- wait a minute. What was... Did you take away his power to do that or what happened? I, I believe I believe if you read the novelization,
1: that's the first time force healing comes into play. So that's just a fox that's a fox slash Disney construct. That was force healing. So you can just
0: kind of hand wave that away. Yeah. I mean it and this isn't gonna be a thing throughout the film where they're not gonna answer what the power cosmic is or what the Silver Surfer's abilities are. And the comics don't really either. But at no point do they even wink at it and go, "Yeah, we don't know either. This is nuts. He can just do whatever he wants, which is basically what the power is. apparently. Right. And,
2: and... He can make it snow in Egypt. Uh, he can heal somebody's ailments, and he can uh, freeze freeze oceans. F- yeah, like turn oceans make into giant asphalt on in the ground. I, I didn't get any yeah, of this. I, I do think understand.
1: one. I think one thing this movie really fails at because we talk. I, I referenced earlier the unsatisfactory portrayals doom which carries over from the first movie frankly yeah and that this movie is titled silver surfer you know it's in there it's in the title you you, you know he's coming you expect that they don't really do a lot with the character i mean they don't explain it but they also don't do a whole lot he's just kind of there to be plot convenient to keep things moving along yeah with very little exposition he gives some explanation But probably the biggest sin this movie has, and I'm getting way ahead of things, but I'm getting to the end of the plot, is that, oh yeah, they ambiguously define his power set. Probably because it comes from the ambiguously defined and portrayed uh, cloud entity that we all know is Galactus. Uh, But they fail to give us on screen for reasons I will never understand why they left it as just the cloud. But, yeah, all of that is just kind of vaguely described as an ominous threat. It's going to destroy the world. Yeah. Do they do they even really explain what the craters are for? So, is it ever explicitly stated that that's something for his world eating machine?
0: Yeah, they don't really explain it terribly well. And I mean, they even give you so, I mean, do a You see kind it of in the first,
1: with... first five minutes, you see a planet being consumed. Yeah. So you well, sort I mean, of so... know
0: what the deal is. Kind of, because, and that's the thing, they, there's a whole scene later in the movie where Sue can talk to the Silver Surfer and say, hey, what's going on? And I mean, this is after Doom has cut a deal with the military and the Fantastic Four are forced to work with Doom, which I think they create the ultimate nullifier to, like, separate the Surfer from his board, because that's going to be the thing, that the Surfer gets his power from the board. So if they separate him from the board, then they can stop this guy and they do that and then they immediately start to torture the silver surfer for military information thanks war on terror <laughs> 2000s were a weird time i guess uh, maybe all the times are weird times but then you know sue sneaks in and gets to have a conversation with the silver surfer where he he'll he just kind of is like let me spill my guts to you and i will tell you everything you need to know and oh by the way uh, my, my, the people on my alien world called this Galactus, which I know sounds silly to your earth ears, but this is the mid two thousands and we don't have the courage of our convictions just to call it Galactus. I yeah. need to give you the, the runaround of, Oh, it's alien. So it's fine. But, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm also skipping over the part where they fight him in the standard Fox forest. Anytime Fox wants to do anything with a superhero, they'll set at least some of it in a forest. I don't. know yeah. because it's cheaper.
2: Way too often. Uh, speaking of, yeah. The, so,
1: so yeah. So we named check. We named check London, yeah. and then the forest is Germany, I believe.
0: I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then they go we to European location. Yeah. Uh, so you know, at that point,
2: uh,
0: does he say he says he's Norrin Rad at this point? That was no, his name. That's at the ship. She asks
2: oh, him what okay. his name is, and he tells her later, but. Uh, for a movie that's really cartoony, when they're about to torture him, the doctor does make sure to say, "Well, you're not human, so constitutional laws don't apply to you. I can do whatever I want." Yeah. it's like easy, buddy. Pretty freaking dark. <laughs> a, By far yeah, the darkest scene in the movie, movie, where he's like,
1: "Yeah, human rights don't apply to you. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah. uh, vivisect you, buddy. Get ready." Yikes. they went, they went all Joseph Mangle there in a hurry. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So, in any case, that's what happened with the Silver Surfer before the Fantastic Four, you know, realized their heroes and, and freed this poor person from their torture after they, have again, name-checked Galactus, which I, I choose to call Geno. Galactus in name only. Um, fair. Very fair. He's, at, at this point, Doom betrays everybody because, of course, he does. That's what Dr. Doom does. Stills the surfboard, And decides he's going to rule the world now. Except, uh, whoops. Galactus is already here because the surfboard, we learn, is a homing beacon for Galactus. So now they have to get Doom off of the surfboard and then figure out how they're going to deal with Galactus. Thankfully, uh, they've determined that all of them can't do it because in the fight with Doom in, they name check Shanghai, right? It's random city. They're they're in China at that point, yeah. Yes. yes. Sue gets mortally wounded, so she can't fight. So, oh, well, we can't all do it. We have to be able to do it together. We can't do it together. But Johnny's got those unstable molecules. They all touch Johnny, so Johnny gets all of the Fantastic Four Which powers. Get, at seems the same like time. a
2: betrayal of what that you know, affliction was, since he would have had to give up the flame power, but doesn't.
0: Yeah. In this case, it somehow they just get past it. And I, <laughs> they only do this because. That that character that has all four of their powers is the Super Scroll. And they just, yes. they're like, ah, well, we can't really do the Scrolls too. So let's just do Super Scroll, but not really. Which I think that's really when it, like, if you're a comic book fan, that's where it clicks in where you're going, they're just going to half ass all of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: I, yeah. I, I think you're being very generous too when you consider the tachyon device that they built as. Uh, a stand in the ultimate uh, nullifier nullifier. yeah Yeah. i I mean i get what you're saying and that's the definitely the arc this takes from the comics but yeah i think if they if they had had the courage to stand by their convictions in the source material and just given uh you know reed a little cell phone looking device that popped out a little thingy on the bottom and the top and it scared galactus off to a certain extent and that's all it took like, yeah. i think that i think that would actually that would actually fit the tone of this movie perfectly because it would have been a little cartoony and slapsticky like i i think that would have been an interesting angle because again if you're a fan of the fantastic four you know what the ultimate nullifier is the joke is it's a handheld device the most powerful destructive weapon known to the universe is basically like a a, a motorola razor
2: yeah yeah password <laughs> and, and, and
1: that's and, and yeah, and that's the joke, and that's the whole joke, you know. It, it, yeah, it was, it, uh, yeah. I think they could have, they could have pulled it off in this movie. This movie's goofy enough that would have been perfect. I think Not it would have worked. If you're building a tachyon device, it better be a time machine. That's all I'm saying.
0: That's how I, that works, I think, technically.
1: I, I stole that from uh, the "Everything uh, Wrong with This Movie" guy, but. Yeah. He, he, he's 100% right. If you're building a tachyon device, it better be a time machine. If
0: you're doing listen, they're gonna science it, words a lot of this stuff. It, so it's a waste you know. of time. It's a waste. of tachyon time. Tachyon sounds sciency. I mean, but, at the end yeah. of the day, though, Johnny does manage to separate Doom from his board. The Fantastic Four all clasp hands. Their powers go back. The Silver Surfer decides that he's gonna fight Galactus, but not before he heals Sue, brings her back, so Sue is fine. Force healing. The galactus Cloud, which has started to drill down into Earth, and it really it's represented by a big purple cloud, which fans of the comics know. galactus is a giant man with this really weird headpiece. and it's it's as kirby insane as you can imagine. And they yes. went giant purple cloud because I guess the world wasn't ready for a Giant world-eating man. It, either way,
2: it's so. When you say this movie's half-assed, it's the perfect description because you're trying to do all this weird stuff, and then you're like, "Yeah, but we can't go too weird." It's like, first of all, nobody's gonna, nobody saw the first one, so go as weird as you want, but they can't do it. Like they just refuse, and it just winds up being this neutered, boring, clown show of a movie. Like you're gonna show me yeah. a scene where he's. Texting with his crazy fast rubber thumbs, but you can't give me a regular Galactus. Come on.
1: Yeah, I, and I didn't realize super speed was part of his power set. It's not. Is stretchy.
0: It's it's it really it's a stretch no matter what you do. It is. Uh,
2: that, that was another unsettling CGI moment. <laughs> I think you
1: hit on a good point, though, there, uh, Mr. Wizard, is that this source material and these characters literally give you the license to go as weird as you want to. And this movie drew the line there at a really weird place. Like, we'll get this weird, but no further.
2: Yeah. Like, come on. This, Especially when they take, take such it to the next step. creative license with Doom in the first one and in this one. And he's not yeah, really but that... Doom at all.
0: Well, no. yeah, but I feel like that's more indicative of the problem, because as weird as you want to get with Dr. Doom as the Romani ruler of a tiny nation where he is both a super scientist and a fucking wizard, was too yes. much for them. Uh, Doom is a tough character. Let's just be, be frank. that that's There's weird. no getting
1: around it. He, there's a lot to do with that character to get it right. I mean, you basically have to do Iron Man and Doctor Strange evil and mixed together. Yes. Um, but Which is why he's so fucking good! Sorry. Yeah, no, I I think it needs to be done right by somebody. But I think we skipped over the end. It basically oh, sets, yeah. up a se- so. we skip, sets up a sequel. The Silver Surfer yeah. appears to have sacrificed himself. Reed and Sue get married. In and, Japan! In it's Japan. In, again. Uh, and then uh, the Silver Surfer's eyes open at the end of the movie. So you know yeah. his cor- his corpse floating through space is not uh, actually dead. Uh, I turned it
2: off before that. We would have
1: his... <laughs> oh, sorry. So, can't obviously setting it up. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> sets it up for a sequel and a possible sidequel. There was a potential for a Silver yeah. Surfer spinoff.
0: You mentioned uh, the
1: spinoff, which which is which you did, which is strange because they did nothing with the character in this movie that makes me want to see a spinoff with Lawrence Fishburne Silver Surfer. But what's he gonna do? Yeah. Be mopey? I, I mean, he, his character. All he, all he was—he was kind of a, a, a indifferent dickhead, and then delivered some timely exposition, and then he does the right thing in the end, and that's it. I mean, he—he he
0: technically is the hero of the film by the end yeah. of this. He—he's the one that beats Galactus, actually. So, you yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I, but I'm not. I'm, but I'm not rooting for him. I'm not like, damn. I need to see. I need to see what comes next. I want to see that guy again. It's like, oh, yeah. All right.
0: He was an excellent plot device the entire time. When he yep. needed to do stuff to make the, the movie happen, he did the thing. Good plot
2: device. If you make well a movie either. about well uh, the movie's MacGuffin, then what does the MacGuffin in that movie become? You can't do a MacGuffin <laughs> on top right. of MacGuffin.
0: What if the MacGuffin was a character? I mean, that happens, but especially here. <laughs> well, he, he he's actually kind of a MacGuffin riding a MacGuffin. Yeah. Right? What if it's the MacGuffin a... had a MacGuffin, and had the personality of a MacGuffin. All right, with that, we are going to take a little bit of a break. We'll come back, uh, talk a little bit more about what we thought of the movie from uh, Deserved to Flop, give you a a drinking game, talk about what we're doing in the future. Stick around. We're coming right back. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, where we are discussing Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, 2007's not full-on flop, but bad enough that it destroyed any chance of future films or spin-offs. Um, really, we we talked about this a little bit before on the pod. Oh, I'm sorry. With me as always, our Chumpzilla and the Thunderous Wizard. Uh, Howdy, did this movie deserve to flop?
2: Uh, no, I don't think any movie really deserves the flop unless it's like actively uh, something that's grotesque in some way or is pushing sort of a disgusting narrative. So no, I think this movie was harmless fun. Uh, it, but it didn't deserve a sequel because it wasn't good enough to warrant a sequel. It certainly wasn't good enough to warrant a spinoff. But it is. It's a harmless movie. It tried to be better than the the first one. It was a little bit better, but it didn't do enough. Yeah, no, that's where I'm at. I, honestly, this this movie didn't flop
0: completely. It just it it it's a mishmash of half cocked ideas and cliches that just doesn't rise to its potential. It, it's one of those things where it's mediocre. The worst I can say about it is that it's just okay.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh... To a certain degree. The first movie wasn't a huge smash. True. And I alluded to this last week. I, I made the comment that you know one of the biggest disappointments of Speed 2 was that it failed to continue the success or build on the success of the previous film. This movie didn't really have that same uh burden to carry. It had a mediocre first entry. It didn't have a lot of weight to carry, so I think they had a lot of freedom here to kind of do what they wanted. But they kept it very similar, very paint-by-the-numbers, very cliché, as you said, Captain Cash. And what kills me is not only did they use the half-baked Doom again without really improving the character at all, that they also botched another major iconic villain—not even villain, I'd say entity—in the Marvel Pantheon in Galactus— and they sort of ham-fistedly handled the Silver Surfer, you know, angle. The whole Galactus Trilogy. And uh, Silver And Super Scroll. And, yeah, and, and they squandered the Super Scroll. So they burnt through a ton of source material in this movie. And all of it sucked. So from a comic fan's perspective, yeah, this movie deserved a flop. Because it did so little
0: with so much. That, and that, like, yes, you think yeah. about yeah. a comparable... Like, a, a comparable one to this, uh, like a, a comparable franchise, given the timing, would be the Nolan Batman trilogy. You had Batman Begins, which was was good. It was good. It's great. Right? It's not great. It is great. You watch it again, you go back. It, it, like, it does a good job of explaining how Batman got to be, but it's, we wouldn't talk about that with the reverence we did without the Dark Knight. And Dark Knight knocked it so far out of the park and delivered in such a way that thi- uh, hold, hold on, hold this, on. Came this is out.
1: this is Apples apples to oranges here because if you're gonna compare this movie to anything, you gotta compare it to the Rami Spider Man movies because they're very much uh, the same in terms of the tone and the atmosphere. That's there. So, y- you take those movies, this skipped over Spider-Man 2. You went straight from Spider-Man 1, which is good, uneven, but good. You go to the second movie, which does knock it out of the park, much like The Dark Knight, but... Spider-Man 2 is legitimately a good superhero movie, period. It's not just a good sequel. It's better than the first movie. Right. It's it's a great uh, adaptation of the villain, which, again, is always the true test of any superhero movie. Any straightforward, standard superhero movie is how good is the villain. The villain's got to stand up yeah. to, the, to the lead characters. Spider-Man 2 nails that. Rise of the Silver Surfer does not rise to the occasion in that regard at all except half bakes all the villains all the way through it doesn't build on that first movie at all so if, if you had a playbook to follow you got to follow the, the spider-man playbook they skipped spider-man 2 they went straight to spider-man 3
0: too many villains too much blood and it just goes nowhere yeah i mean they're i mean honestly three villains doom silver surfer till he gets better and then galactus which is basically what uh, Doom is well, that's Harry, about- Harry. Doom's Doom's Harry. No, no, Doom can't be Harry because Harry's the Silver Surfer. Because in the end, he turns around and fights the bad guy. No, Silver no, Surfer- no, Doom has so, to be so, Venom.
1: Silver, so, so, no, Silver Surfer, Sandman. Well, but Galactus
0: is Sandman because he, he, he just kind of no, missed the way. In no,
1: the end. no, he's Venom. He's Venom because it's half baked, undercooked, and you don't give a shit about it, and he gets it all wrong.
0: Either way. You know,
1: I stick with my analogy, but the point being is yeah, they skipped Spider-Man 2, they went straight to Spider-Man 3, and it, it all ended like a wet fart.
0: Yeah.
2: This movie's very similar to uh, the Green Lantern movie in that it takes these storylines that are kind of a big deal in the comics and just says, okay, let's uh, let's uh, just chug on through them. Nothing are, are to see you here. Saying,
1: are, are, you, are you saying that uh, Galactus is parallax?
2: Yeah. I they mean, look the same,
1: even. Yeah, uh, honestly. Yeah, yeah.
2: Giant, giant shit clouds. Yeah. Yeah. They look exactly the same.
1: <laughs> and they're heralded
2: by a uh, separate entity. You got to give
0: it to at least Chickless and Evans, who knock it out of the park as their particular characters. See, like, see
1: I think there, there's an alternate universe where instead of uh, the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, We're getting a buddy show between the thing and the human torch. I would still
0: like to see that
1: with Evans and Chiklis. Those two had chemistry. Also, they have the best. There's a lot of sex jokes in this movie that don't land. But the one that does for me is the rock slide joke, because that begs the question, is the thing's dork made of orange rock
0: like the rest of his body? Obviously. The answer is Obviously.
2: Yeah. So when you guys compare this movie to like Spider Man and other things, I think it's the wrong comparison point because you just have to look at like how badly Fox bubbled the other properties they had aside from X Men. Uh, There was a severe lack of quality control, and these movies reek of being cash grabs. Other than
0: this, it was Daredevil, right, though. What
2: else did they have? Uh, (laughs) They
0: had three of those Ghost Rider. Two of those. Was. was that? Were, was Ghost Rider Fox? Because, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong, this is 100% in the vein of Ghost Rider, where it's like, this is insane, and who cares?
2: And Ghost Rider yeah. was also directed by a guy who really wasn't known for making action movies, Mark Steven Johnson, who did Daredevil as well. So like, they were just like, oh, we have these properties. Let's just get them to screen. This will be great. Like, yeah. you know... They didn't really. It doesn't seem they had a, like a, an appreciation for what they had. they yeah. just made the well, movies to make sure they didn't lose the properties.
1: I, I made the comment earlier that it's clear the director doesn't really
0: understand the characters, but I do. Think I sp- I don't sp- agree sp- that he doesn't understand the characters. I I think he doesn't understand how to use their powers in interesting ways. But yeah. you you get scenes like like the the bachelor party scene is a like that's a perfect characterization of. All of those people. It's just the way it's executed is so. No. Yeah. Like, the, 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 why? Mister yeah.
1: Fantastic does not end up in a club. Period. Johnny Storm would drag Mister Fantastic to a club.
2: I think it gets the John- Fantastic Four. It doesn't get anybody else.
1: So jo- Johnny, Johnny, and Ben would go to a club, and they would complain about not being able to get Reed out. Reed would be in the club with a pipe working on his stuff there's no, no way to fair. get him out but, but he'd but, still be in the but, club with the pipe i,
0: beer. Like, I get it. super science which is in this movie he talks super science to the ladies and he said yeah, science with science he tries, he tries. so he talks um,
2: the uh idiot's conception of what a scientist would talk about it's like the yeah, big no, bang true. theory of science scenes
0: it really yeah
2: and um, the show and a, the, and he's actually talking about the big bang theory it's just sort of ridiculous
1: Captain Cash, I to counter your point, no i don 't think he really gets the characters because he gets way too hung up on the wedding, yeah, I know the wedding was a big deal in the comics, but it seems like they're rushing towards something that has zero payoff, much like Speed two both <laughs> these movies, both these movies surround around a, a wedding or at least a proposal that gets interrupted mm-hmm. um, no, Nobody gives a shit about that. the world's going to end there's aliens there 's dr Doom, and again, to draw the uh uh <clears throat> Excuse me, but to draw the parallels with Green Lantern, what's the worst I'm really a bad guy name you can have? Sinestro or Dr. Doom? Or, I'm sorry, Victor Von Doom. Both those names, like, I, I, how could you trust that guy? Hey, what's your name? Victor Von Doom. Okay. You can call me Dr. Doom. Okay. What's your name? Sinestro. You mean like Sinister with an O on the end of it, basically? Yeah. Okay. You seem like saw solid dude. You seem we like stand-up you guy. <laughs> a standup guy. Annihilate. Annihilus. Annihilus. Yeah, they might as well be like 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 Batty McBadface. Yeah, he seems like an all right guy. Let's sign him up. Maybe he can drive the boat. Or fun.
0: name it. It's gonna be fine. I'm not, I'm not even worried. All
2: right, testicle heads. At the a end of the day, name too, but that's another. What's that? <laughs> testicle heads a pretty bad. Villain name too.
0: Well, I mean, you know, oh, Hector Hammond. Look, this isn't the Green Lantern pod. I'm sure yeah. they're eventually. Why?
1: Why haven't we done that
0: one yet? That one's like real bad. That's going to come up. Because I like to do movies that are fun and I that, enjoy, like this one. Green feel sad.
1: Well, yeah, I will say this this movie is watchable. This is a very watchable movie. It is entertaining. It's funny at times. Um, and it's it's short. confusing at times. And it's short. It feels longer than it is, which is bad. Which is but still it's, weird because it's, 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 boor- it's not boring all the way through, it's just boring in parts.
0: Yeah. So how many beers? To enjoy this film, how many beers?
2: I'll keep it on brand. Four beers. But it's like playing Power Hour because the movie is short. Yeah. So uh, you're uh, just going to be going after it.
1: A hundred percent, yes. I agree with you, Mr. Wizard. This movie, four beers. Um, and yeah. there's, and because it's only an hour and a half, you can't even sneak in a couple more. It's just four. Yeah. And and you'll be happy. You'll be satisfied at the end. I think you'll yeah. be no. That was that was
2: a ride. It, it, it's enough beers it to make sure you ignore all the questions that are never answered and uh, you can get the most out of some of the scenes that are entertaining. Ah. Uh, and you should just really tilt it back and chug during the dance club scene. And uh, maybe put on Especially like a, a maybe you, just cover you, your eyes.
0: Right at that dance club scene, you'll be right.
1: Okay, so here's the deal. When Mr. Fantastic makes eye contact with the camera, finish your drink.
0: um,
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's really unsettling.
1: (laughs) What does Jessica Alba's invisible woman do in this movie? Because she is the star of this film, still the sequel. She is still the headliner. What does her character do in this entire movie other than fret uh, over a wedding?
0: She seduces Nora and Rad with her hotness enough that Nora and Rad will turn against Galactus. There's a couple... I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a valuable lesson we're teaching people, but that is what happens.
1: To be fair, if I was an intergalactic silver surfer person and Jessica Alba showed up to me, I would probably fall victim to her charms as well. That's fair. But seriously, this movie has nothing for her to do. And that is tragic because she is the A-list, top-billed star in the movie. And because this is mid-aughts Hollywood, they couldn't have a female-driven
0: movie? They definitely make her the damsel in distress at the end, which is like,
1: eh, Well, it's, uh, you know, she It's, does, cri- it's criminal.
2: She, she oh. uses her uh, force field a couple of times. Which does lead to one of the biggest and most inexplicable movie mistakes when they're saving the Ferris wheel in London, and she's she's standing off of the edge of the she's on over the water but on part of the force field, but then she faints because it took so much of her energy, and she's still standing on nothing.
1: Yeah, I, actually, I think the biggest error this movie has is very early on on the airplane and scene.
2: The woman disappears.
1: The, The woman disappears. They make a joke about the thing having a middle seat, and when he sits down, the woman in the window seat is gone.
2: It's gone. I'm assuming she
1: was crushed. Yeah, she's dead. I'm assuming... the first murder of the movie.
0: Did did the thing's dork made of orange rock crush her to death? Is that (laughs) what
1: happened? He he straight up Roman hell at her right there. Wham! (laughs) This
0: this is considered a carry-on.
2: Between that and Mr. Fantastic stealing the overhead space, it gets real dark on the plane there for a second.
1: Yeah, and there's that scene of the chase through town, uh, through the city, uh, the Human Torch, chasing after the Silver Surfer. I'm pretty sure Johnny incinerates some folks like as he goes screaming through the streets and uh, upends cars. So there, there is some random mayhem and murder in this movie. Fire yeah.
2: means nothing in this movie. Because Michael yeah. Chiklis pats out a flame on his shirt with his bare hand.
1: Oh, also poor Kerry Washington, just kind of slumming it in this too. I did want to ask think. you
2: guys who like made it out of this series the best, which is probably Evans, but Evans, it's Washington, obvious. has to be number two. She has yeah. to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Alba did nothing after this that I'm aware of.
2: No, now she, she sells diapers. Oh, she hit she, she
1: that lifestyle brand or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um. You
2: know, but that's go- goop so, light or whatever. So Carrie Washington,
0: uh, Alicia Masters, in this in this movie, actually has more screen time than she has in the first Fantastic Four movie. But uh, I didn't mention her at all in the plot because she has no bearing on the plot at all. So excellent point, Captain
1: Cash. Uh, her basic function in this movie is a sidekick for Sue. Uh, for the Invisible Woman, who also does literally nothing for the plot, it's... except for like some action crap. So uh, those two characters are criminally underwritten. Like, and and yeah. when they talk to each other, all they talk about is read, basically. So what's that test about characters Bechdel in a test. book? Yeah, they fail that. I'm pretty sure
2: every character is criminally underwritten, but particularly the female characters.
1: Yeah, um, which sucks because they're probably aside from Chris Evans, they're the two best actors. Actors, actors or actresses, otherwise in the movie.
2: Well, it's certainly not Julian uh, McMahon, who his best acting work is convincing you he's fifteen years younger than he actually is with all his <laughs> hair dye.
1: God, he's <laughs> uh, and, formula, and then, man! All the way, fucking Doom.
2: Oh God! Come dude, on, he hey, so hey, Dis-
1: Disney, Disney, are you listening? Disney, are you listening? Get Doom right. Don't fuck up Doom. Don't fuck up Doom. His
2: suit is kind of Doom, like pretty on on point though. At the end, yeah, it's a good suit. Good, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's it's better than the first one. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So I've got a question to ask about Doom, Uh, comic Doom, not movie Doom. But which version of Doctor Doom uh, is your favorite? Is it the fully scarred Doom or just the cheek scarred Doom?
0: For the reason he has to hide behind the mask, It is 100% the cheek-scarred Doom.
2: Okay. I will uh, defer to Captain Cash on this because he's Dr. Doom's proctologist. He's so far up his ass, I can't tell where one stops and the other begins. So go ahead, explain to us why it's the cheek Doom. I have at
0: least four different kinds of Dr. Doom. So here's <laughs> your answer. It is... So Dr. Doom wears a mask because he believes he is hideously scarred to the point that he must hide his face because he is ashamed of how he looks. And the correct answer for what does Dr. Doom look like under the mask is an incredibly handsome man with a very tiny facial scar that is imperceptible to most people because that is the essence of the character. The whole idea behind Dr. Doom was he was one of Reed Richards' college buddies they were in a lab experiment together it basically it in some ways literally blew up in doctor doom's face and the idea is his face is hideously scarred and he must hide it behind this metal mask but the reality is he's just so completely vain that this tiny imperceptible Scar that maybe even makes him more handsome to him, he sees as an imperfection that he has to hide from the world. That's the best version of Doom in the comics. You never see his face, so you don't get that answer ever. Yeah. You kind of know that is because Jack Kirby, the cr- one of the creators of the Fantastic Four, him and Stan Lee mm-hmm. said, That's how I always imagined it, and I 100% agree with Uncle Jack.
1: Yeah, I think he's the definitive source on this. I mean, because let's be honest, Galactus, the Silver Surfer, for the Fantastic Four, those are all very Kirby-esque characters. completely. His fingerprints are all over it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it's
0: good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. So uh, going along those lines, though, there have officially been four Fantastic Four films. So now I would like your ranking going in chronological order. The four Fantastic Four films we've got was Corman's Fantastic Four uh, in the late '90s, which we actually covered on this pod. Go back and check it out; it's a it's a fun time. I, I really I enjoy that movie. Uh, the second one is Fantastic Four from 2005, the movie that the movie we're talking about now, Rise of the Silver Surfer, was a sequel to. Uh, and then you have Fan Stick, which came out in 2015 and was directed by Josh Trank. I feel like the way I've described those. Pretty clearly illustrates how I feel about them, but I'd love to hear how you guys feel. Uh,
2: Thunder, okay. Scissor, Yeah, uh, One through
0: Four. So, start with Four. What is
2: what is the least to the most, the bet the worst to the best? This this list will come as a surprise to the listeners who have been following along with this episode closely, as I have not been particularly kind to Rise of the Silver Surfer. But Four Fan Four Stick, which is it's a studio meddling. Uh, train wreck Frankenstein of a movie. It's just Frank, a, if ask me, it's an utter mess. The last half of it is pretty much unwatchable. The whole movie's unwatchable, yeah. which is it also be
0: clear. the the thing's dork made out of orange rock like the rest of his body. The answer is the thing doesn't have a dork at all.
1: And which it, is painful uh, because we all know he's Jewish, so
2: And it had a huge budget. The
0: ultimate
1: decision.
2: And it and it just looks terrible. It looks worse than this movie does. So does.
1: And it falls into the same trap that this movie did, and it squanders uh historic comic element. They, they go all negative zone with no payoff.
2: Yep. It The whole movie makes little to no sense. They ruined Doctor Doom again. Even worse than this movie did. So that's the worst. This
0: is the worst version of Doom.
2: Yeah. I'm easily.
0: Down. Easily.
2: Ugh. Uh, so we and four stick is the worst. Yeah. So just let's get that out of the way. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's nope. Number three. Uh, so then I go fantastic for two thousand five. It's it's a really okay. really boring bland bad movie. It's not at all entertaining. Doesn't hold up particularly well. I saw it in theaters and I was like, holy shit, maybe this comic book movie thing is not going to be a thing. A, a thing. Yeah. And then I go to Corman's uh, because. You know, we talked about it at length on that pod. You gotta feel for the cast of that movie. They tried to champion it, and they basically had a bag pulled over their head, punched in the gut, and it kind of sucks.
1: Now, but it's it's solid B movie material, though. That is solid B movie material.
2: Yeah, and then I uh, so this one is the best, and that is an indictment of how this property's been handled. Yeah, that's fair. It kind of sucks because, you know, I'm not a big Fantastic Four fan, but I know a lot of people are, and they are Marvel's first family. And they've had some pretty shameful treatment on film, and that's a bummer. That's
0: fair. All right. How about you?
2: John all right.
1: Zella. Yeah, okay. So I think we've all established that Trank's fan four stick is the worst. It's borderline unwatchable. Uh, then I'd go with it. That's at number five for me. At number four, I'd go with Rise of the Silver Surfer for reasons we've already discussed. Uh, At number three, I'd go with 2005's Fantastic Four. It's fun, but not great and has the the problem of getting Doom completely wrong. Uh, At number two, I'm going to go with Cormans because, honestly, that's the best Doctor Doom we've gotten on screen. And uh, it's solid B-movie fun, and that movie accomplishes what it sets out to. And number one on my list, and I think deep down we'll all agree here, is going to be the Incredibles, because that is the Fantastic Four movie we all really want. And you have to admit it's a fact. They actually rewrote the script for uh, 2005's Fantastic Four movie because there was too many similarities to the Incredibles and they had to oh, work really? themselves. I didn't know that. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Because because you gotta understand the script for that movie was alive from the Corman times, or at least the not the script so much, but the plans for the script. Mm-hmm and they were trying to get this movie made. And then the Incredibles came out and I said, Oh, we've got to change what we're doing. Cause so that's how much of a Excuse fantastic me four movie lunch. Yeah. That's how much of a fantastic four movie the Incredibles really is. Like they actually had to write around it for '05's five's uh,
0: movie. So exactly. that's my take on it. Sorry. for taking a long way to either. get there. Yeah. For me, it was again, no one's going to say a nice thing about fan four stick. And, that movie bombed too, and I don't want to do that movie because it hurts me to watch it.
1: <laughs> it's not worth it. It's just bad. Folks yeah. don't see it.
0: But I I flip flop from you, uh, Chumzilla because I actually I thought Fantastic Four 2005 was just fine, it, and it it's just fine. But I actually liked Rise of the Silver Surfer better. It it no, gets a fair. little weirder. Not weird enough for me. Like, if they'd have had the courage of their convictions and just went balls out crazy, this really could have been something. Um, but the totally. best is still Cormans. Cormans got it. They nailed Doom. They included Mole Man. I, you still can't tell me that the inciting event that gave them all powers wasn't also meant to be Galactus because they call it something wildly similar. That Then
1: I understand that movie has its failings. But it doesn't suffer for them. Yeah, it it it, it you know? perseveres. It perseveres. It pushes past those hurdles. That
0: that is good B movie schlock. It, I mean, look, the production values are slocky and none of those actors I think are bad, but they're not working with a lot. But as an overall story and a
2: plot, it's very tight. They had a story they wanted to tell. They tell it, and it works.
1: And it's very, it's very Fantastic Four.
2: It makes more sense than this movie does.
0: Yeah. It does. All right. So if you're going to watch Fantastic Four movies, everybody go back. It's on YouTube. Just yeah, YouTube. It. The, the Corman cut. It's, it's fun. It's not good, but it's fun. And then when you're done with that, check this one out. It's on Comcast, I think, now. But you, yeah. you should be able to find it someplace streaming.
1: I've said it before. You go back to the 90s. They were tough times for comic book movies. We had the unreleased Captain America movie, you know, not studio, unreleased studio Captain America yeah, movie was on video. Movie. You had the you had the really dark and weird Dolph Lundgren Punisher, and you had this unreleased Fantastic Four movie that was hyped. It was hyped and. And we knew it was a thing, but it never was released. You could only get it on bootlegs and cons and things like that. But it was strange times, guys. That's all we had to get us by back then.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, the the best thing they really had was the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk show. Yeah, which, which a lot of is... which a lot
1: of people a lot of people forget that also gave us um, some Daredevil and Thor, and you had you also had the seventies Captain America. 70s/80s uh, slash 80s Captain America uh, TV movies, yeah, that, and and the Spider-Man live-action stuff at the same era. I, I, I watched that, so that stuff is way worse. All that crap is way worse than Corman's Fantastic Four.
2: I like the Bill Bixby Hulk show. I
1: know it's kind Oh, the the, the, but... so the Hulk, Hulk show's good. Now you're right. I'm I'm still on the Hulk short. But the, the, the Spider-Man Man crap, show
2: is abysmal. Yes, like.
1: That's all. So compared to that, great theme song though. Yes. The Corman stuff's not terrible.
2: Yeah. All right. Corman was made on such a micro budget. You have to appreciate sort of, you know, how these how they went for it. Like, this movie had the money to be good, and it's not good.
1: In how good is the
2: thing
0: suit in the Corman movie? Oh, like holy crap! I feel like Chicklis's thing is how the thing needed to look as a practical effect. And I think it works completely. But knowing what they were able to do in Corman's Fantastic Four with that thing suit, which was basically a Ninja Turtle. Like, they had the money for a Ninja Turtle. And it works great. You know, I would love to have that prop. Like
1: Like, I've spent a lot of money on strange action figure toys stuff. If I could find that prop, that thing is awesome.
2: Like, yeah,
1: I, I would I would spend a pretty penny to own that
2: because it's freaking sweet. Well, I couldn't find you that, but I did find you one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle three suits. So, congrats. No, God, well, oh that is a thing of nightmares.
1: <laughs> new mission though, new mission. You got to find us the thing prop. I'll, I'll look get into co- that. I'm sure. So, it's somebody somewhere. get Cortman's people on the
0: phone. Nice. All right, so here's the thing. We've danced around this. We know Disney acquired Fox. It's done. We also know that last year at Comic-Con, Feige announced there is going to be an MCU Fantastic Four. My question for you, in a minute or less, how would you introduce them? Who wants to go first, Thunderous Wizard or Chumzilla?
2: I can go first. I mean, uh, Go first. I Thunderous you, Wizard,
0: it is to you. How do you introduce the Fantastic Four? someone who's
2: not as big a fan as, as you two, I think uh, uh, you know it would be cool to see them in a, in a period setting, sort of like they handled the second series of X-Men movies. Uh, I'm not sure how you then bring them into the larger narrative, so I don't think that works. But if you're looking at the voids that have been created by who's now gone... Uh, I think there's a natural place and a fit for Reed to be a different variation of Tony and mm. for the thing to become the new Hulk-type character. And then you sort of have a new wrinkle with the Human Torch and with Sue Storm. So I do think there's places they fit. There's places that you need to plug them into because certain characters are now gone. And it's a natural segue. And then you you get the thing actually kicking ass... And saying it's clobbering time, which he doesn't say in this movie.
0: I'd love to see Thing fight Hulk. That would be great. That's, just, that's such an iconic thing. Yeah. I'd like to see the Hulk fight Silver Surfer, but that's a different story. Isn't that Worldbreaker? Planet Hulk? I don't know. Planet Hulk, yeah, same thing. Yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah, whatever.
1: All right. Now, I think it's fairly simple at this point because at the end of the day, the Fantastic Four derive their powers from cosmic energy. And In a Marvel universe that includes the cosmic elements that we already have, like the Guardians and all that, and Earth being aware of such things, that you could simply just have present-day folks involved in some sort of government-shield-backed program where they get exposed to some some sort of event that gives them their powers— and, yeah, I think it, it, it brings an interesting dynamic. You've got a science guy in Reed, and uh, obviously it's going to be really weird for Chris Evans to play, like, you know, another role in the MCU, as we Just know it. But, the I mean, it. He, he's clearly, you know, uh, pegged to be the more mature and, uh, you know, world-savvy <clears throat> uh, human torch. But no, yeah, I, I think the cosmic elements we've got here makes sense and it opens the door again for more earth-based cosmic stuff it it brings the cosmic element to the planet because that's what they did in the comics that's how we got galactus there that's how we get annihilus there those guys brought that stuff to earth they were a great conduit for the cosmic elements so give credit to kirby uh because that was all him in my opinion He found a way to bring the weirder stuff closer to home by using
0: the Fantastic Four and
1: And the MCU could do the same thing.
0: That last bit, I think to be successful with the Fantastic Four and the MCU is you have to embrace the weird. You've got a God that devours planets and looks like a man with a big weird purple hat. You've got the negative zone where you've got a, a character called Annihilus you've got the mole man who lives in the subterranean places and there are fucking monsters that he controls you yeah. just you go insane with it because people will do it now people are there right we got a Guardians of the Galaxy movie where there's a character who literally just says I am Groot and has a best buddy who is a fucking raccoon well, you, we're invested we're invested take advantage yeah. of us
1: crank it up but, to 11 we're but I'm gonna question it. But they got to so, get Doom right.
0: Uh, yeah, so here, here's my thing.
1: That's their big hurdle. They got to figure out the villain problem.
0: I, I, I mesh your two. It's on you, bro. It's on you. I think you have to. I think this is a period piece. But I think the inciting incident that gives them their powers shoots them forward, however many years it is. So there, you know, you've got the Fantastic Four. They're in this. They're in the '60s. But the cosmic rays that expose them to powers shoot them forward to 20, what, what, whatever year it is, the present in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And here's why it's important.
1: Well, well, let the audience know, to... let the audience
0: know, making the poopy face during this monologue. That super poopy face. The, yeah. The thing with Captain America was he was always perfect. It didn't really matter. Him being out of time is only kind of an issue for him because he always embraces what's best about America. But you don't have to have the Fantastic Four do that. You can have the Fantastic Four be a 60s throwback with all the sort of baggage that implies and let them grow into what the reality of 2025 or whatever it's supposed to be in the MCU has become. Also, give Doctor Doom his own fucking movie. It doesn't need to be an origin story, just he gets a story where he's the protagonist, like he needs an infinity war, like Thanos got infinity war. And you make Dr. Doom the main villain of whatever the next, like we have the infinity saga, which stretches from Iron Man 1 through what Homecoming, right? Bad guy oh, is doom, oh, you're hold right, up. excuse me.
1: We no. I, I'm going to draw a line firmly in the sand here. We don't need to go back to the Leave It to Beaver days here and, and visit the Cleavers. No, the Fantastic Four can be modern. We don't need to go back to that crap. Again, I get that's that's part of their hokey origin, and you can you can pay homage to that with some humor. But we don't need to go all the way back to drag that forward. But to your point, I think the MCU would be the first franchise. To perfectly nail a villain solo movie, if they could pull off
0: a Doom film, and I think that'd be a huge yeah. accomplishment. I would watch the shit out of a Doom film, Feige. Feige, I will wear whatever fucking Doom cosplay you need me to, buddy. I'm yeah, there for it. That doesn't I'm there seem for like it multiple too. versions. How this is gonna happen?
1: I know you're an easy lay for that, <laughs> Captain Cash. But I agree, like. Doom is an interesting character, and I think you could even do, like, I'll make this topical, you could do a political-type thing where he rises to power and, and takes control of the nation, and, you know, the, the movie ends with him hitting the button to start some sort of attack. And then it picks up in a Fantastic Four movie, where they're dealing with the aftermath. Like, I, like, I really think you could do something with a character like that. You could have a movie that doesn't end with the hero winning, it ends with the villain, pressing the button like I, I i think i think we're ready for that i think i think that's how deep we are invested in, in, in this like disney's got our money they know it so give us what we want
0: give me fucking dr doom disney just
1: give <laughs> it to me they're gonna they're gonna put zemo in a purple mask for crying out loud yeah i but, know, <laughs> uh, great. You know I, I could only get so erect
2: they generally don't invest super heavily into the villains so i don't think you're gonna get a dr doom
0: they should learn their lesson, man. Oh, I know they got it. All right. So kind of jumping on that wish list. What insane fantastic for character or idea do you want to see play out on, on film? What what's your wish list? What if they could give you a thing that either they haven't given you before or that you would modify to your own personal desires? what's your wish list? I'm going to give this to Chumzilla first. Okay. What do you want to see? Well, the obvious answer here is Annihilus, but... Really?
1: I mean, uh, he's cool, but go on. Yeah, he's cool. It, he's a, a good visual character, and he was actually uh, one of the action figures that would have appeared in the uh, unreleased third and or fourth waves of the Secret Wars figures. <laughs> Actually, Bruce Tim, Bruce Tim of oh, yeah. Batman, the Animated Series fame. He worked I on met
0: Bruce Tim on more than one occasion.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. So if you were recall the, I a the picture secret, of him when the I was Ward... Johnny Poppins. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Nice. If you ever meet him again, um, ask him about this. One of his first jobs was doing the art for the lenticular inserts that went into the shields of the Get secret the Wars fuck figures. Out. Yeah. I thought and there's a whole lost wave there's going to be a nihilist there was going to be the hulk there was going to be abomination dazzler mystique um, were they even in secret wars though like 1986 secret wars 84 and most 84, of the car- most of the figures were not i will send you the link to this there's a whole lost wave but bruce tim worked on the lenticular stuff mr fantastic was one of them as well and thunderball anyway Annihilus to me is the he would be the obvious answer because you know come on what Fantastic Four story wouldn't be complete without the Negative Zone and all that yeah fair but so I may have stolen somebody's thunder here but if you go back to the original Galactus trilogy from '68 which was I believe issues 48 through 50 of the Fantastic Four's first run uh, before the Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer defeat Galactus. He also releases his cyborg, the Punisher. Yes, folks. Before Frank Castle, there was another Punisher in the Marvel Universe. And it was a robot sent by Galactus that had to be addressed by the Fantastic Four. So that's what I would like to see in the next Fantastic Four movie. And I think what was most sorely missing in Rise of the Silver Surfer, there was no cyborg robot Punisher sent by Galactus. (laughs) Yes. A bold call, sir. The OG Punisher. The and OG Punisher. I, I, uh, I, and I turn my uh, time Do you yield the floor? Do you yield, yield the floor so I, I yield my time to the Captain Cash and or Mr. Wizard.
2: Uh, yeah, so I think the, the answer for me, since we already got the ball band of Jace with the jeweler, AKA, uh, tiny Michael Flatley. And his gaggle creepy criminal friends. Uh, Go back and listen to the Corman pod. We did
0: some good work until I got blind drunk.
2: Uh, I'd say, you know, give us real Mole Man. You know, going with the theme of, hey, you don't have to be worried about this anymore. You can do whatever the hell you want. Give us Mole Man.
0: Give us weird subterranean controlling monsters, Mole Man.
2: But make sure he does the flatly dance.
0: (laughs) I... I wouldn't put it past him. He's kind of a leprechaun. It's it's fine. My my choice is I want the Council of Reeds, which if you've read the, the comics, co- there the Council is of an, Ricks. Yes, yes, the Council of Ricks absolutely stole the shit out of this. Yeah. it's an interdimensional council of Reed Richards who try to solve multi-dimensional problems. As it turns out, they're kind of massive dicks, and the most Reed Richards is our Reed Richards. Just like the Rickest Rick is our Rick.
1: Yeah.
0: And I just it, like, Rick and Morty Perry did this, but I'd love to see this played straight, where it's just fucking crazy. Like, hey, look, multi, like, the multiverse thing is a real thing, and by the way, here are multiple copies of you who are all trying to do the right thing, and it's gonna get a little
1: morally gray. Well, and and I I think there's room in these movies, especially in the MCU, the current MCU, to 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 widen out to that, and then bring it back in.
0: Like you God can
1: right. Look, you, you can bounce out and bounce back in, and it's okay.
0: And that's where Secret Wars, Wars comes in. Well, Not eighty four, but twenty fifteen Secret Wars, where Doom one. controls everything. There's there only two. one. There's only one. There eighty four.
1: So. I'm glad that we've all made choices here that aren't Franklin Richards because I've stopped reading comic books in my adulthood. But my understanding from perusing the internets and
0: Wikipedia is that apparently Sue and Reed have a kid. I mean, to be fair, Sue and Reed had a kid like in the 70s. So that that ain't new.
1: Yeah, yeah. But this kid in modern
0: times becomes all sorts of
1: things and problems he's kang he's iron man
0: he's mutant
1: god yeah it, it's i it's frankly baffling me like it doesn't make sense so can captain cash as our closest conduit to current comic cadence and or continuity what the hell is going on with uh, so... sue and
0: reed's kid Sue and Reed have two children, Franklin and Valeria Storm. Valeria is named by Dr. Doom and is clearly the better child. But Franklin Richards wait, actually— Wait,
1: wait, wait. How did Dr. Doom name one of their kids?
0: Dr. Doom, I think, was somehow vaguely involved with ensuring that Valeria got to live. I don't know if he delivered the baby or— Godfather?
1: Or, godfather. He's yes, the godfather. Yes, he's, he's godfather. the godfather.
0: Um cool. In some way, he ensured that Valeria got to live, and they were like, look, you can name the kid. But Franklin Richards is a mutant, and he's the most powerful mutant. Ever. Um, Yes, to the point where he is effectively God. Um, Most recently, Franklin Richards, after the most recent round of Secret Wars, created created extra dimensions. To spin off these other galaxies after the end of Secret Wars, and now is involved with, you know, does he go to the Mutant Island, uh, which is the result of House of X, Powers of Ten? It comics right now for X Men are great, uh, and they do directly involve Franklin Richards, and it's worth your time. I would, I'd like to see how that family dynamic plays out with Franklin Richards and Valeria. But you can't do that until you get the Fantastic Four right, and we still haven't seen that, and I think that's why no one chose it. Does House of M solve this problem? House of M was a whole other thing where oh, no, there but, are But, no but, but, but if, if it happens again,
1: does that solve this problem?
0: I'm pretty sure Franklin doesn't get depowered in House of M. Don't quote me.
1: Okay. No, I'm, I'm just saying I, I, I have a feeling that we will get House of M. I, I think that we're going to get the X-Men. We're going to get the Fantastic Four and the MCU, maybe even Franklin Richards. Um, and instead of the snap, we're going to get maybe House no of more M. mutants. We're getting House of Man, like every maybe an, an, an event. I, I, th- I think I think I think it makes sense. It follows a formula, and Disney knows one thing: if it worked once, it'll work it again because people are suckers.
2: That's uh, true. I did not choose Franklin Richards because I didn't know he existed, and based upon your description eh. of him, I'm glad I didn't know.
0: That's fair. That's fair. All right. For funsies, for those of you playing at home, you want to play a drinking game, here are your rules. Number one, drink anytime there is a mundane use of superpowers. That can include super dancing, super lighter fingers, super pimple removal, or super stealing someone's overhead space. <laughs> You're going to get... Kind of buzzed on this. I'm not gonna lie. They really just amp up the mundane use of the powers. Uh, drink anytime, Johnny switches powers with anyone. Hey, fun fun moment here. Uh,
1: how cool was Thing Johnny? I, uh, that was a good gag. I enjoyed Thing Johnny.
0: I appreciated the gag. I I guarantee you, Evans was like, "How long do I have to sit in this goddamn chair?" Yeah, you know, it wasn't worth you better the let me the, the, work the fucking they shirt. Yeah.
1: it's like. And they were like, "Shut up! You're getting paid." He's like, good point.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Whenever Doom appears on screen, shout Doom! Or drink. Drink anytime they say the names Ben, Sue, Reed, or or Johnny. If you're playing with four people, assign those names, and you drink when it's your turn. Finish your drink anytime they use any of their superhero names. That can include. The Human Torch, Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, or The Thing, also Dr. Doom, or Silver Surfer. He's some sort of silver surfer. Surfer. Yeah, and you're done at that point. Roll credits. Yep. And finally, for the expert Fantastic Four level, drink anytime the movie alludes to the craziness of the Fantastic Four world. But chickens out on it in the last minute. That can include things like Super Scroll, Galactus, uh, the, w- the Power Cosmic, the Ultimate Nullifier, literally any of those things. We didn't really talk about this on the pod so far, but the whole conversation Reed has with the general around, yeah, I was a good little nerd and I stayed home and, and studied instead of doing this. And now the most powerful man in the world is asking me for his help. That's stolen directly from the Ultimate Galactus Trilogy, and he's talking to uh, Nick Fury. So General General, the most General General? General Dickhead. General Dickhead is actually supposed to be Nick Fury. Yeah.
1: I'd like to say at this juncture that according to the uh, drinking rules that Captain Cash has laid out about short-changing ideas from the comics you should basically just pound a beer before this movie starts
0: that because would probably help i'm not gonna just, lie
1: that's your and, first beer and and then and then just maintain throughout because it, yeah it just half-asses everything from jump street
0: all right well we hope you enjoyed the fantastic four and you enjoyed the pod uh we'll come back with recommendations and some closeout and some final thoughts uh cheers everybody Welcome back, and we are closing out this hops and box office flops where we covered Rise of the Silver Surfer. Again, we have Chumpzilla. Hey, hey. And the Thunderous Wizard. Yep, still here. And I, your Oof. host, Captain Cash. Uh, we're going to close it out saying our recommendations. I am going to kick it over to Chumpzilla to begin with. Your recommendations. What's going on with you? What What else is interesting is out there? What do you want to do?
1: Well, just first uh Shout out to everybody in quarantine right now. Hang out, maintain, social distance, stay safe. We'll get through this together. But this movie was especially painful for me because I, growing up as a child of the 80s and 90s, was a huge Silver Surfer fan. I loved the comics. It's the reason I became aware of the Infinity Gauntlet saga and basically got to see my childhood comic reading uh, experience play And on the big green, all because I was introduced to that world because of the Silver Surfer. So this movie was a disappointment. And I felt like the character was shortchanged tremendously. Um, And I'm still actually upset that we didn't get to see him on the big screen. Because if you read the comics, it wasn't Bruce Banner slash the Hulk that came crashing through uh, the Sanctum Centorium and land in Dr. Strange's Mm. living room. That was the Silver Surfer, folks. Spoiler if you read the comics. So, or didn't read them. So anyway... Um, the closest thing I've seen to a actual big screen adaptation of the Silver Surfer was the 1998 cartoon series that ran on Fox as part of their like Saturday morning block, like in '98. Uh, along with I think an Iron Man series, and there might have been a Fantastic Four series. At the there same time was. Too. There were two yeah.
0: Fantastic Four cartoons, but there was a Fantastic Four. Nineties. Richard's is elastic. Yeah, there, there was a '60s one, and there was like a
1: '90s one, but there's also an adjacent Silver Surfer version there in the '90s. So, like 1998 had one season of it. You can find it on Daily Motion, I think, for free. I think
0: I'm it's not- on Disney Plus too.
1: Is it on Disney Plus? I'm not sure. Don't quote me,
0: but I think so. Yeah.
1: Well, Fox had it, so Disney has it now. But I tell you what, that is a comic, Jack Kirby faithful adaptation of the character. It gets Galactus right. It gets Silver Surfer right. It's a it's a kid's cartoon, but it's a little deep. It's a little deep, and I like it. And bonus recommendation, if you want a crazy hard, just insanely hard Nintendo game, check out the Silver, <laughs> the Silver Surfer Nintendo game on the NES. I had the game as a kid. I loved it. Um, it's impossible. But the soundtrack <laughs> is badass. The soundtrack to that game, absolutely, certifiably badass. One of the best NES soundtracks I've ever heard.
2: That's a fact. It is. Pretty, well done. All nice right. Address. Thunderous Wizard. Uh, so, in uh, uh, keeping with the quarantine kick, I think it's important. You know, everybody's going through some tough times. Uh, we all have places we love that are small, locally owned businesses. If you can support them, do. Uh, I put something out on the Twitter about this uh, local independent film bar in Phoenix. Uh, you know, that's a place that has... Meant something to me, so I donated to them. But there's places, you know, wherever you live, that are that are struggling, and if you can help, do, because uh, it's important. We all are in this together, and you know, America, it, it, at its best and its conception is that America's Americans stick together, and we look out for each other, and uh, you know, do what you can if you can. Uh, Movie wise, uh, you know, a lot of movies are being released early because theaters are closed I watched The Invisible Man uh it was pretty pretty uh pretty badass and I enjoyed the hell out of it so that would be the movie I would recommend again like some of these movies did get to have a real theatrical run which is really bad for the bottom line The Invisible Man at least did so uh you know it did make some money uh, but I did not feel bad paying twenty dollars for it because You know, a lot of work goes into that. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And for movies that came out and aren't going to get a run at all and are going to lose a lot of money because of that, I feel perfectly comfortable throwing 20 bucks their way because it sucks. You know, like, a lot of people dedicated a lot of their lives to this project and then it doesn't even get to come out in theaters, which is a bummer. So, and that's and that starring the,
1: the actress from A Handmaid's Tale, right? Yes,
2: Elizabeth Moss is the star. I've heard good things, I've heard good things. It was cool, it was a good movie. It's everything Hollow Man should have been,
0: <laughs> and that's actually the perfect segue into what is happening next for us as the pod. Um, you know, uh, if you're listening to this, you know, and it's years from now, or right now it is. March 23rd 2020 Uh, we are in the depths of the coronavirus crisis and things are rough right now so we want to find a way to help highlight artists uh, who are doing unique and different things and we also want to kind of highlight some of the films that aren't getting their full runs so over the next couple months we're going to Uh, Try to highlight those films. We're going to have a couple quarantine specials. I know we had originally planned on doing uh, Nick Cage craziness. And, you know, once the world gets back to normal, it'll be real easy to do that Nick Cage craziness. But for right now, uh, we're going to focus on things that aren't going to get their full run, uh, whose run might be truncated because of this virus. um, And just want to tell everybody to stay safe. Um, try to limit your social interaction. If you can definitely social distance, wash your hands, remain six feet distant from, you know, other folks as you can. And if you can stay home do, we've all kind of touched on it. We try to make this pod a fun, happy place, but things are tough right now. So let's do what we can to make sure that we get through this together and we can keep doing these dumb pods and you enjoy it. So thanks everybody for listening Uh, we're going to be back next week with uh, definitely something that came out way to video on demand much much sooner than it should have done Uh, and uh, hopefully it's a little bit of a brighter world
2: yeah I'm excited for it I think no matter how bad it may be I'm going to love it
1: wait are we doing Doolittle next week what's going on?
2: it's Bloodshot
1: oh Bloodshot oh
2: it has everything in a movie that I desire: violence, cheesy bullshit, Vin Diesel.
1: Vin Diesel. I I, feel, I think like it was like Charlie Wax with like some more special oh effects. Oh my god!
2: Hey, uh, uh, Lionsgate, unearth that Charlie Wax sequel that you made that you never released. <laughs> send it. Send it my way. <laughs> Outtakes. Bloodshot.
0: Bloodshot from Prague. Yeah. As always, remember to like, share, and subscribe to the pod. Uh, If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that's a big help. Uh, Stay safe out there, everybody, and make sure you're doing what you can. We'll be here next week.